save it. Save it for when the podcast starts. Uh, oh shit! I flipped it. Podcast. You did good. There we go. You did good. The that's last the, flip for that's this the one. That's the last that, flip. By the way, is that going to be everything we do and say in this episode? It's, it's the, the, the last. The last. Oh, last time time I did that. <laughs> one, there'll probably be a lot more of those. Maybe I'll, last time I messed with this thing. There yeah. we go. That's so, uh, welcome to the last episode of the patch. I'm the Ashley. Very last patch. Bernie. Ryan. Hello. You gotta say the last patch. Last patch. Last, last, time. last time I introduced myself on this iteration of the patch. This is the last time I mentioned it's my last introduction on the patch. So. Will it, though? I probably You can work in another one, I bet. I'm already ready to drop this yeah. joke. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this is a very, this is very, I feel like this is a very suitable topic for the last episode of the patch because I kind of feel like burning some fucking bridges. Oh. Uh, because I, so, the Assassin's Creed movie. Oh. Reviews for this movie Come came out swinging. and were scathing across the board. To say the least. Like, the the only one that was even remotely positive was Polygon, and they were like, well, um, he does some parkour, so I guess that's cool. I didn't die they watching were, like, it. They were, they were like, we really wanted this to work. Uh, so they gave it a break. That's but. probably the right approach. Also, they're probably like, hey, we really remember Gamergate. And <laughs> we don't want you guys yelling at us because we didn't like something video game I related. I don't think that's how Polygon rolls because they're they're very much on that train. No, I'm just saying. They're probably like, they knew that. I mean, that's their target audience. If they don't try to give it a shot that someone else is not going to give, like a New York mm -hmm. you know, Daily News or Variety or something like that. Polygon's got a kind of an obligation to try to make it work. I went into this movie thinking the same thing. You know, I'm going to get this video game movie on a different level than other people that watch it because I've played Assassin's Creed. I've played many iterations of Assassin's Creed. Right. You're very familiar with the story. I played all three Assassin's Creed too. <laughs> but uh yeah. I'm going to I'm going to pull up this like just the summary. You know, you get those uh when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, which is another thing, by the way, yeah. is the number of people who think that Rotten Tomatoes is a review site that does its own reviews. It's not. It's an aggregate score. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, yeah, but Rotten Tomatoes is biased against Warner Brothers. I'm like, it you realize them. they're partially owned by them, right? <laughs> it would go the other way, if anything. <laughs> well, oh, come on. Rotten Tomatoes them. gave them a score, right? Look, it's on their website. That's how that goes. I think when we walked into the theater to see Assassin's Creed, starring Michael Fassbender, uh... It was at, I think, 17%. Now, before, oh, no. before we get yeah. too crazy about this, yeah. we knew what we before, before we get mm -hmm. super, super salty, we should thank our, our last ever sponsor right. for the patch. Uh, thank you to Blue our sponsor, Apron. Blue Apron. It's never too salty. They have, never. They have exactly never. the right amount of salt. Us, too salty. Blue Apron, right amount of salt. <laughs> um, so here's Rotten Tomatoes looking up. And it's entirely possible, actually, I talked about this beforehand, that we might spoil... Some of the things in Assassin's Creed by talking about it. We this will consider ourselves service. as saving it you. It sounds okay. like it did its own work it spoiling itself. It is 18% on the tomatometer. Hey, it went up a little bit. What is it at? 18%. 18%. So you guys really weighed in and, out of, and took out of it up 82, Out of 82 total reviews. Um, here are some of the excerpts that would give you like some sort of uh -huh. indication like, yeah, here's kind of what the reviews say. Um, a wan video game adaptation revolving around some Knights Templar nonsense. Yeah, that made about as much sense. I cool. mean, that's a, that's a pretty apt description of the game. Sometimes I was going to say well. you could probably put that on the box <laughs> for most of the games as well. Uh, let's see, a movie of sprawling awfulness. Ooh, uh, this at is least all it's sprawling. Yeah, uh, this is all very dumb. That the film doesn't know its agony. 
Okay, so obviously wow. we're going to have some people who watch. A dull, gray, ugly movie that takes two long hours to tell a very thin story. I want to I go back to dull and gray in a second. Mm-hmm. But one thing I want to point out <laughs> is that I realize there's a lot of people that watch this show, uh, this last version of the show. And uh, they like the Assassin's Creed franchise very mm-hmm. much. And they're so very much into it. I should point out a personal bias that I have, which is I love the Assassin's Creed games. I've always loved the Assassin's Creed games. I have always hated the Abstergo animus part of that narrative mm-hmm. where I just want to play as the pirate. I just want to play as the assassin. I don't want to go back and forth to this near future world and pretend like everything that I'm doing and I'm invested in isn't real or mm-hmm. isn't like it's some kind Birds. of like holographic construct from a memory. Well, it's, it's like it reduces the stakes. What's that? It reduces the stakes. Which I was hoping that when Hollywood got hold of it, they were like, oh, this is okay, but we're just going to make a movie mm-hmm. about, you know, a period piece about really cool action and everything like that. It's it's It goes all in with the mm-hmm. Abstergo part. It's like 70% Abstergo. Yeah, it's, and it's mostly not even that. Like, it's I, not even like good Abstergo. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, they kind of talk about that beforehand, that that seemed to be where they were going with it. I don't, I don't know why they chose to do that, but uh, maybe it's probably a lot cheaper. I imagine, than doing the entire thing as sort of a period piece. Interesting you would say that. Because it goes back to the mm-hmm. dull and gray comment. Mm-hmm. This movie, I hope you go see it. And if anyone goes to see it, play a game with yourself. <laughs> I want to share the agony. Try, it is. Misery loves company. <laughs> you, can, you can make salty comments on the internet. The, well, I think I get, I'm like a lot of video game uh, fans where now I'm upset. Why can't they make a good video game movie? Why can't they do it? What is the whole, what is the holdback? Is it, I get it's interactive. I get when I, uh, when I play as Master Chief, I have the experience as Master Chief, and seeing him will be different on a screen. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, trying to show a, a Superman movie to a room full of Clark Kent's. But somebody's got to be able to do it right. Somebody. Do you, do you think there's a conceit uh, in the people that, that go about constructing these movies and writing them that they are better storytellers than the video game storytellers? And That's that- what I was hoping for Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed. I agree with you. I do think there is that. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that that would finally work in our favor where mm-hmm. they would go like, oh, yeah, we're not going to do all this like real world we're, stuff like, in a corporation. Like this all seems awfully convoluted. Let's like simplify it into like a nice, clean mm-hmm. story. We got 90 minutes here or two hours according to that review. It, it, three years, according to what it felt like. <laughs> but the dull and gray thing was we talk about uh, making it on the cheap. Is the first I, I noticed in the first twenty minutes of the movie, and then it just kept going. Try to find when you go see this movie. Try to go find the first shot in this movie that doesn't have smoke in it. There's smoke and lens flare through this whole movie. Mm-hmm. I pointed out to Ashley, and I re- I think I ruined it for you at that point because I was like, man, there's so much smoke mm-hmm. over everything. Like when they I'd- show the city, like the high, like eagle, uh, right. eagle eye view. Speaking of which, out of the two hours, about 15 minutes is spent just watching an eagle fly. <laughs> Might not be that much, but it feels what? like it. Yeah. The, the stuff they kept from the game was. It's like they were, they were like, it's going to be a cool little nod. Hey, they got eagles, right? Okay. So this is your thing, fell. No! Now our time will be wrong. The, it's, no, the last, it's the last time that will fall. It's the last episode. There's uh, no rules. So, I mean, do, it's like, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I got to spoil Don't spoil like, the ending. Uh, well, not the ending, 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 but like, you know, the third How many endings the ending were there? I felt like there were a lot. I kept expecting it to Was end. it like a, the Hobbit level where it's like, and oh, then, but no, well, no, sorry, Lord of the like Rings. And then another like, scene would oh, start up. Oh, but wait, then they're going to go to the West. Oh, and then here's Hobbiton. Yeah. Kinda. Oh, and, and here's what Peter Jackson had for lunch today. <laughs> here's a Q&A with Peter Jackson afterwards. 
Yeah, they, but like their nods were coveted fourth act. <laughs> were super weird. Like they were of, of all mm. the things they decided to be really, really loyal to in the video games. Fall, like watching eagles fly was not one that I would have picked up as like. Are you talking? You could say what the female scientist says. Yes. Okay, go ahead and say that. Okay. People should know this. You're always worried when you go to a video game movie. They're gonna do stuff that like says, "Oh, look, we're we're." You know, we get it, and then the way they handle it, it's like, you don't get it, please don't do that. It's, it's like you pandering. Need, you need pandering. to stop. Yeah. Where at one point, like, he jumps off a thing, and she goes, the leap of faith. Uh. <laughs> Literally that moment happens in the movie. It's, no. uh, like, it really was. She's it was like, like oh. in awe, like, I've never seen, it's like she was seeing blue fucking steel. Yeah. It's like, oh god, it's beautiful. In the actress's defense, shitty line. It was a in shitty the, line, I don't know. There, here's the problem is, with a lot of it is if you pay attention to the dialogue, a lot of it just straight up doesn't make sense. Like, they just put a bunch of words together and we're like, cool. I know. It'd be like if you went to see, like, uh, some video game movie in the future and there's these huge guys and they're fighting in this war against things that are coming out of the ground and one of them turns to the other and goes, it's like we're gears in this war <laughs> or something. It was just, it's terrible. It's really terrible. And they, they make as many excuses to say, like, the Assassin's Creed as possible. And... Well, that's the other part of the movie that I thought they would kind of, like, write better. A lot of that, everything is permitted, nothing is true, that whole, like, right. the, the, you know, that the Assassins do. It's like, they left that all in word for word, and I felt like... I've always felt like that was okay in the games, and it could have been improved. Upon. It definitely could use some cleaning up, yeah, and maybe some expounding upon because well, it's a it by if you just go by the letter of it is like that's a horrible thing to live by, right? Well, yeah. unfortunately for us, I looked up who wrote this movie. Mm -hmm. It was written by the um, so it was written by three people. One of them was like, oh, he did like a screenplay adaptation of Macbeth last year, but sure. and then, like never heard of anything else he'd ever done. But the other two, they worked together on Allegiant. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh -oh. you know, the one that ended up being so bad that they're like, maybe we'll just do the second part on TV. It drove that, yeah, it drove and that right off the silver screen. I don't screen. remember it. And Sounds Exodus, like an insurance company. Gods and Kings. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so that's the team that they were like, you know what's really going to fix video game How movies? Was These movie? guys. Somehow, was I feel like U-Bowl was somewhere in there, too, right? He had well, been here's swimming the thing around is, in the Ubi background. Ubisoft has licensed stuff out to Uwe Boll in the past. They licensed Far Cry to him. You know they wanted me to box Uwe Boll one time? <laughs> No. And you didn't? No, it, it came up. It was a he's film a festival. He's a boxer. Yeah, oh. was, he's, a, he's a former amateur oh, boxer. Oh, don't do and that. I, and I knew that. He had done a thing the year that we did the big uh, laser team crowdfunding, and we had a huge success story about that. He had also done a crowdfunding, failed miserably. Ooh. Then he did a rant to the internet about how they don't support real movies and all that stuff, and he was quit. It was like all this, you know, all these big proclamations, but basically blaming everyone else for the failure of his crowdfunding thing and how crowdfunding is a hoax and, you know, all this stuff. And... It's it only a hoax because it failed. Big right. hubbub. So they said, hey, would you come at this festival where they have this boxing de debates? I said, would you box him? I'm like, fuck, no, I'm not going to do that. First, he's an amateur boxer. So I could try to train and get ready yeah. for this. But the second thing is, what? Are, I have nothing to gain from that. What are you proving there? Yeah. Like, hey, the, that guy is not good at making movies and no one supports him. But you should punch him so he learns his lesson. I was like, I'll box anybody else. You get, when I get one of those like little kids from the Stranger Things in, I'll box one of them. Let's do that. <laughs> well, also you remember, need to work your way up. He... <laughs> yeah. It's like punch out. You start with the skinny guys and you work right. your way up to Mike Tyson. I need my glass joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember, like, Uwe Boll's boxed critics before. Like, like critics who panned his movies and he beat the shit out of them. Well, one of them was like low tax was, um, and something awful. Yeah, there was uh, something awful. Uh, there was who else? Um, Jeff Snyder from Ain't It Cool. Uh, 
he ended up taking a technical knockout. Who did? He, saying, uh, Jeff Snyder saying he's like, I thought it was just going to be like an exhibition match. Like he's beating. The so he just he just lay down. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then like like two other guys like so he's like he's beat up critics before. What I'm getting from this is there's like a a miasma of poor decision making that just Solid exudes word. from miasma. him. Miasma. Yeah, it's my, <laughs> my last big word for the patch. <laughs> the word of the day, miasma. <laughs> Uh, I said by Millhouse on Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Going so, to yes. So, uh, like, this movie, and I, I went to, I wanted this movie to be good. I wanted this movie mm. to be the X-Men that was going to kick off a, you know, a golden era of video game movies. Like, improved, like, they can be good. Was it X-Men? Is X-Men, that what you well, yeah, well, yeah, it's a good I do, one. I, you know, X-Men 2000. It turn around like, superhero there, you know, there, movies. The like, first one was... Batman's always had good iterations yeah. over the years, but nothing took hold, I think you're right, like X-Men did. Yeah, the Batman movies, I feel like they um, they weren't really treated as comic book movies at the time. They were mm-hmm. they were Batman. Yeah, he'd been on TV and everything else already. Yeah. You know, live action series, as, as weird as those were. Yeah, you know? but I feel like... We got the know, shitty if, stuff out of the way earlier. If Yeah, if I have to point to like a movie that I feel like kind of... like individually set things up for the future to you know to be where we're at with comic book movies it would be that one because spider-man was 2002 yeah it's spider-man's the only other one i would say at that era that really helped yeah and then off. they and then they sort of you know like really rolled on from too. there both great movies the original x-men and the original spider-man but i thought both great movies well it's funny oh man it, it's really funny though you say that is because that was two Stop. non <laughs> wow Non-Marvel owned properties setting the stage for Marvel's huge It's true. And blockbusters. Then by the time and what is the movie you credit as kicking off the Marvel era? Iron Man. Iron Man, right. Yeah. And by the t- but I feel like by the time we got to Iron Man, it was great timing. Everyone the the pump was already primed. Yeah. There was a miasma of superhero movies <laughs> that were a success out there. And so we could uh we could all enjoy Iron Man. Unless we forget the Punisher. I mean, what well, a film that Thomas was. Thomas Jane Punisher? Sure. Yeah. yeah. There was a um, Dolph Lundgren Punisher as well. <laughs> You know, th- uh, to me, Fantastic Four is always the one that's like they're gonna make they're they're gonna try to make that work like someday. And no, I still love they had a Fantastic Four movie where it was Captain America as Human Torch, and they were just like, no one will notice if we just move him over. Look, he got him- he swelled up like three sizes to go to Captain America, though. I mean, if you look at him as Human Torch, he's like, oh, that's a fairly normal size human. Then Captain America, he's like, Gunk. he's like the Grinch, but of Patriots. Right, his muscles swelled four sizes that day. <laughs> It's like the Christian Bale. They gave him the shield. So I, you know, I really hoped that Assassin's Creed was going to do this for video game movies, and then we we'd have the Bioshocks, and we'd have the Last of Uses, and we'd have the Uncharted's, and like you know, suddenly like they would be, you know, they they wouldn't be like, oh god, here we go, another video game adaptation. May I ask you a question? Yes. Do we need those movies? Do you need an Uncharted movie? Because Uncharted to me is enough of a cinematic experience unto itself. Need? No. But did I need all the Marvel movies? No. But I really like them. But if you took like a Metal Gear Solid and you said, how are we going to make this into a movie? How, how What can we cut out to make this a movie? Because it's longer than your average Or in the case in of the theaters. most recent Metal Gear, what could we add to give an ending to the movie? It would be <laughs> nice. Maybe, maybe the movie would just be the last, yeah, the yeah. last third. Uh, need? No, I think it could be cool. I have heard the argument that video games would make better TV series because you do have more time to dig into all of the material, but it's also like any adaptation from a book. It can be done. Well, no, it, it can be done. I mean, the, the thing though, the difference there is uh, comics are a very different medium from movies where I think 
video games are already closer in that spectrum. You could say you don't need a, a movie adaption of a comic, but that's a pretty huge departure from the original source material, whereas a video game these days are getting real close. Mm -hmm. They're telling so many things through cutscenes and stuff. It's like, well, there, just stitch the cutscenes together. Movie, sort of, depending on the game. Like I would, I would, uh, Last of Us, I'm dying to play Last of Us 2, is that what they're calling it, Last of Us 2? Yeah. But I, if they made a Last of Us movie, I'd be like very, very skeptical. I think Warcraft was probably my last like bastion of hope that this is this could this could work out because it was because uh, the moon guy directed by Duncan Jones yeah and it was it was seemed like a perfect storm to me it was like it was good timing the Marvel movies were all crushing it and Warcraft was just kind of like eh. and it might it might be the audience the audience might just not want to support these movies and go see them well you, know? you, you say that but after all these reviews hit with. And they were all like all the reviews for Assassin's Creed. You're right. They uh, they had yeah. very similar criticisms. Like they were like across the board had very common themes. The story is convoluted, not told very well. But they spend so much time trying, uh, like to, to like explain how all this stuff works that there's just a lot less movie that you get out of it. Um, it's it's none. No one looks like they're having any sort of fun. Um, the fun parts there's like he only goes into the animus like three or four times. So like that stuff. You know, it's all modern as opposed to this period thing which was like it was largely marketed showing a lot of the past stuff do they at least but that's a minority a good motive for going into the animus uh they're looking for a thing it, that's very, they're looking that's, for an artifact if you've, if you've played the game it's, yeah. it's definitely part of the game they're yes. just trying yeah. to find the yeah they're, trying, they're to trying to find the apple of eden where it ended up in history and okay. they're just trying to track through that but then it gets into the whole narrative that, which is a huge problem in assassin's creed i think which is for the player it's interactive for the viewer watching Michael Fassbender, it's interactive. Mm -hmm. He was watching what he's doing. And the animus in this is way more interactive than just laying into bed like in the game, which they have to do for the movie. And I thought they did as good a job as they could with that. But the paradox of it is that he can't change anything in the past. He's there to observe and follow the chain to find out where the relic ended up. But they even try to explain the fact that he can't change anything but then you're like, well, what's he doing in the machine where he's jumping around on buildings and stuff like that? What's right. And it also, it makes it like, well, okay, so then nothing he's doing matters. No, it, it literally he's, is. Like, he's along mm -hmm. for the ride. You're just watching him be along for just the ride. Just be the eagle. And I get it. It's the memories tied to <laughs> genetics. The eagle. But there's no legitimate explanation of, in the, in the movie, I felt like, of why he has to go through these things. And what it leads to is, what are the stakes for this character? If he messes up, what happens? You know what I mean? Eh. Yeah. Can he mess up? Can he, can yeah, he fail? Yeah, he apparently can't. Right. He's just following along this trail, and it seems like he's participating in it, but the overall message that you get from everyone who's talking is that, no, he's just kind of, he, literally along for the ride. Isn't that what they say at one point? Pretty much. Yeah. She, like, the, he go, he's just about to go, and she's like, and remember, you can't change anything. It's like, what? Great. We're, se we're set up for a lot of fun now. So does he have free will in there? Oh, or? it's interesting that you would ask that question. Well, no, because no, no, really, no. that's, the, that's the, the whole goal is to destroy free will. That's what the Templars are going for. Uh, and by the way, that is, she just gave away the entire plot. That's as, that is well, the that's, entire plot. That's, that's as deep Assassin's as they Creed. go into that concept. I mean, that's, a, that's Assassin's Creed's been yeah. Yeah. espousing um, that for a long time. Yeah. But, so, uh, like, all these reviews had, like, a lot of commonalities across the board. And, um, you know, we, we, as we often do, do a roundup of these reviews and we're like, well, people are not liking this. It is not a good sign. And the number one feedback was, I want it to be good. Therefore, these guys probably don't play games or they don't like Assassin's Creed or they didn't play the most recent one or they just don't get it or they have a grudge against video game movies or every, like, all the people that want it to be good were 
so intent on finding a way to say that all the reviewers must be wrong because this has to be good. None of these people, by the way, like the, the reviewers who've seen the movie, none of these people had seen the movie yet. They just wanted it to be good so hard that they were willing to immediately throw out the feedback. That they, they wanted to come and get the feedback, but if it didn't agree with what they wanted the answer to be, they were ready to throw it out. And we're trying, I, honestly, we're not sitting here trying to tell people not to like this movie. You should go see the movie and see if you like it. But uh, there's going to be some people who walk out and they're going to love the movie. I mean, 20% of the people is still a significant amount of people. If they walk sure. out and say, that was a great movie. You know, if they do that and they walk out, they're going to think that the people who didn't like it just didn't get it. That's the common response I often hear is, yeah, well, you just didn't get it or it's not for you, you know. Um, but it's just like, you know, people are going to like different stuff. I, I, I'm coming more from the aspect of I want there to be a standout hit in the video game movie uh, genre. I want that to happen. But then I, when I say that out loud, I'm not sure I want that to happen because I've walked out of that movie and I said to Ashley, I said, I said, you know what I realized in the course of that movie? Is that Red versus Blue is the best video game movie ever made, <laughs> and it, and we I don't know why we don't talk about that more. It's like everyone's trying to make these huge, huge. I, I, look up and see how much Assassin's Creed cost to make estimated. I, I, it's going to make my heart burn. But what's One, that? One hundred twenty-five million. One hundred twenty-five million. And, and I can tell you right now, it was all spent on smoke machines. It was. more that's, <laughs> And the, lens flares. Lens flares. Now, and lens flares through smoke. So it's just like a hazy sun that just like... I, I would have assumed like that the lens I flares were for the future and that the smoke was for the past. But nope, it's so all, they're, they're all mixing. there. I feel like they... There's even like a one time they do a POV shot with a crossbow. It's just like... It, it was just for a moment. You're like, oh, what am I watching? Who's Why? shooting this movie? Um, yeah, I feel like uh, they didn't have the kind of budget to do a lot of like really crazy effects but they had to build this 1492 Andalusia Spain and they so like got a sketch of it done and then went I just put smoke over it I'm sure someone will send us a Wikipedia article saying how much you know wood burning fires existed historically at that point in time and why the smoke would be accurate it just means we can't see anything yeah yeah you know, like you could also make the argument that it's the animus and because it's memory it's fuzzy and ah. that's why you can't see all the detail you can These make great excuses. whatever excuses you want but it what it ended up looking like is that you just can't see what's happening on screen that was really uniquely surprising about this movie is mm -hmm. is just the muddiness of what we're watching and granted it could have been the projection that we saw too I don't think so we were in a really nice theater and it was just and I went I walked into another theater we went to a screening last night and uh, I walked into another theater and saw the shots looked the exact same and I also noted the theater was almost as empty as the one we were in there was probably oh, 11 no. people opening weekend in the theater that we were in so well, it's just been a well, real it, run we made lately like on. a million dollars on Wednesday or on Tuesday That's night it? yikes there's been a real run lately on this whole desaturation thing. I mean, that was Batman v Superman got blasted for it as well. It's like, where did all the color go? Yeah. Why is Superman the grayest Superman ever? Um, I wonder why. Is that just a cover up? Do you think CG effects now? Is it helps if you take some of the color out of it? Well, I do think I, I definitely as a person who's worked on movies, I felt like when they showed the big opening shots of uh, Andalusia, the city where they are, where mm -hmm. the assassins are, um, I felt like that that's the shot from the game when you see when you climb to the top of a tower and you unlock an area and it shows you everything mm -hmm. and then it zooms in on the certain things that you see. They didn't do the zooming in part. They just did the big wide shot and then covered everything in smoke. It's, and so I thought they probably just weren't happy with uh -huh. the way that looks. So they thought, oh, we'll just like, you know, Haze spice it up. it up. Yeah, exactly right. I guess uh, to be fair, the original Assassin's Creed, if they were really modeling it after Assassin's Creed 1, 
I my memory of it is it was fairly desaturated as a game. Like there mm-hmm. was not a lot a strong color palette to that game. It's it goes beyond just color palette though. Mm-hmm. It really is can't see. Uh-huh. Like it, like it's not just like oh this is a clear image and there's a certain color choice being made here. This is this is like there's constant lens flare when someone's talking. You get a, you get an idea that someone's in the frame mm-hmm. sometimes, but you're that's it. You have like a silhouette. It was just it was a it seemed to me to be a very conscious choice and one's one that once I noticed I couldn't unnotice it uh-huh. and I very rarely do that in movies. I can go in a movie and completely suspend disbelief. Like I go in a movie and I see uh, Tom Cruise playing whatever character. Two minutes later, he's that character. Even though I watch Tom Cruise jump around on couches right. on Oprah and stuff, I can totally suspend my disbelief. It's, By the way, the Mummy trailer was better. The, oh yeah. the half audio Mummy trailer <laughs> was actually better than Assassin's Creed. I saw them both in the same day. Uh, do you think it's just there seems to be like a real fear in Hollywood to just accept the source material for what it is? I mean, you talk about Red versus Blue, and that's one of the things that's really nice about Red versus Blue is you guys just said yes. Well, you're also in now the highest rated video game movie of all I time, am. Uno the movie. I am, <laughs> and we just totally accepted the story of Uno as it was and decided to go forward with it. <laughs> we embraced it for its true roots. Well, here's uh, looking at you. <laughs> The highest rated movie of all time right now, I think. It is. I think it, it's For up no there. reason It's whatsoever. definitely the highest rated film of 2016. Yeah. So just and just for perspective, Red versus Blue was in that same uh, situation for like three or four years where it was like a 9.4 on IMDb, mm-hmm. which put it up there with like Godfather and Shawshank Redemption at the time. But we didn't have enough votes to like hit on the right. ranking. Like I think like Godfather had something like 45,000 votes and we had something like five or 6,000 yeah. votes. And uh, now, over the later seasons, it's a, it's probably somewhere around a solid like eight point five, which still though puts it head and shoulders that's above great. anything else that's been produced. You know, for a thousand or ten thousand times the budget. The budget of Red versus Blue was fifty bucks. Yeah, that was the budget. It's crazy. You know, I mean, even take like Laser Team. I mean, Laser Team is not the Godfather, but it's a two and a half million dollar movie. That's better than what they can produce with a hundred and twenty five million dollars major Hollywood actors and source material to work from. You know, they're, but they're, they're afraid even, of it. Why are even, they afraid of it? They're not creating an original IP, so it's just nuts to me that doesn't work. Why I don't are know. they afraid of just delivering the source material? All I can think is they don't get it, and they can't figure out a way to present it, which is why I was excited about Warcraft, because Duncan Jones was a guy I thought could deliver that. I think Edgar Wright could probably make a good video game movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. He did Scott Pilgrim. He did Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Or he uh, started Ant-Man, I guess. I believe in Joss Whedon. I bet Joss Whedon could do a great video game movie. Freddie Wong. Freddie Wong, sure. There we go. Got it. That's going to be You're nominated next Gavin time. Gavin Free. You're Gavin up. Free. One of those will be our breakout directors. Someday. 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 I mean, why wouldn't day. they go out and tap Freddie Wong to make a video game movie? Why wouldn't they do that? So the the guy that directed this was um, um, it's Justin Kurzel. And by the way, I've, I finally found out like why a guy who did Macbeth worked on this is because, and it makes a lot of sense, he worked on Macbeth with Justin Kurzel who directed it last year. Ah, so he just brought in so somebody he's familiar together. with. Yeah. yeah, so he's like familiar with him. All right, well. Right spot, Michael Fassbender's fucking dope as hell. He's, he's great in everything that he's in. And he's got sweet traps. And he's got his, uh, he's got his shirt off half the movies. So oh, well, hey, I mean. Price of admission. That's only, that's only when he wants you to know that he means business now. Uh, yeah, if the shirt comes off. But I thought yeah. you couldn't see him. He saves that showstopper. Is the smoke coming off of him? Is that where all... Is Dude, there's even scene? smoke indoors. Yes. There are times <laughs> when he's obscured by smoke. There's a point later in the movie, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler, but it's actually in the trailers too, where uh, the people in Abstergo 
steal weapons, historical weapons out of a case. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, man, they're going to have all these fucking dumb, chink, chink, you know, snick, yeah. snick, little, little uh, snick, wrist snick, blades. Snick. And they're going to have uh, axes and all this stuff and their cowls and everything. What do they grab? Fucking smoke bombs. <laughs> fucking smoke bombs, dude. <laughs> I'm like, you're kidding me with the goddamn smoke. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. The guy goes, he goes, eh, yeah, it's eh. like, I was like, oh, he's got those grenades, and then he hits the ground. It's like, oh, right, those are of smoke Of course bombs. it's smoke. Those because they're assassins' tools, so they're fucking smoke bombs. <laughs> anyway, just go see this. And then when I talk about smoke, I'm not talking about smoke bomb yeah. smoke. I'm talking there's just smoke in the air everywhere that they go. Just real hazy. Animus filled with smoke. Well, it's, you know, yeah, the Templar well, like, future, you can it's, smoke indoors. It's because they're using projectors to project his memories or whatever on smoke so that she can watch him relive these memories. Yes. It's the... They, they couldn't just set up a monitor? Well, Get, nah. There's a dude on every movie yeah. set who has a little steam machine, right? Or a little fog machine. And goes out and, and makes fog. It's, they, they call it environment. We need more environment. And then, that's what I've heard on the sets I've been on. And they do that so the lights, you can see the lights in some scene. Right. You know, they Gives need to, you the light shaft. They need to do that. Mm-hmm. This was that to an extreme level. Just an extraordinarily Do extreme you level. think you could point at every light unit in that set? Just based off of that. Oh, probably. And and a lot of them are probably CG as well. You know, some of those were, especially when he's in the Animus and everything. Yeah, there's like lots of weird stuff too. Like he's in a cell and for some reason one of the light sources is underneath his bedside table. Oh, it's important. Yeah, no, and so if you drop something, did you, notice you know, that? if you're at night, you're rooting around under there, you want to make sure you can find Gotta keep keys. the monsters out. Yeah, no. I mean, oh, it's great, yeah. He's an assassin by day, but by night, it's scary. It's dark. <laughs> they didn't give him a teddy bear, I imagine. The, night, stuff is, that's good. Let's the go night is dark. And on a positive note with Assassin's Creed, first of all, thumbs up, go see the movie. Uh, I The parkour stuff was the good. The parkour was amazing. If it, it had when been they a two-hour parkour movie, I would have given it like 11 out of 10. Like running across ropes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That was that was, that was was why I went to go see an Assassin's Creed. Even though there was a horse on a roof for some reason. Yeah, they did the whole like running from guards on the roof and all that stuff. The the one chasing did last a long time. And I was thinking, man, this scene's forever. And I'm like, this is exactly how I feel playing the game. I'm like, guards, <laughs> stop fucking following me. You haven't seen me for fucking five minutes. Like, how did you even know I was headed this direction? Did right. someone jump in a bale of hay? And just hang oh, out there, and just to to get away from people. Well, I don't want to give away too much, right. but there was a thing that I see a lot in Assassin's Creed, and I think a lot of people associate with Assassin's Creed. They was it the leap of faith? It was associated <laughs> with that, but they never really paid off the leap of faith. What he no, did. they really didn't. Right? You know. Well, I mean, it depends on how you count that, but I would say no, they didn't. Well, I mean, jumping from a four hundred foot tower into a bale of hay is probably not something that even the most forgiving Hollywood audience would go. What? <laughs> you know, but there's uh, there there's there is definitely some stuff in here that if you're a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise, you'll be happy to see it on screen. Uh, but I think most of us are going to walk away disappointed that we have yet to make a hit video game movie. Hmm. Someday, somebody can still do it right. And someday, hopefully, we'll figure out how they convince Michael Fassbender, Marion Cotillard, and Jeremy Irons to be in this thing. I, I just like to think that it's one of those in the trenches mindset. Like you're down there and you don't realize what you're making. Like the smoke's not there all all the time on set. Some of that's added well, later. Well, Fassbender sure. produced, so this is like his first producer Ooh. credit. Um, I and just, last, I, oh, I no. assume He'll that he fine. has yeah. something on the other two. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I need you he's to got do some this. Dirt. They read the script and went, "You've got to be kidding me!" And he's like, like, and they were like, "All right, fine." You want me to say this? Like with a serious look on my face. The leap of faith. How many takes do you think it was that? Like the leap of. (laughs) (laughs) She's a professional. It only took one. Well, you know what? It'll never let you down. What will never let us down? Blue Apron. 
This Thank you, episode of The Patch is brought to you by Blue Apron. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients taste better and are better for you, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals. So they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron features new recipes that are created each week by Blue Apron's culinary team and are not repeated within a year. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-proportioned ingredients and can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash thepatch. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create an incredible home-cooked meal with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash thepatch. Blue Apron. A better way to cook and way better than the Assassin's Creed movie. Naughty, we listen. If you overcook your Blue Apron meal and you can make smoke in your apartment and then you can be like, just oh. like you're in the Assassin's Creed movie, <laughs> hop up on the counter and be like, snick, snick with the fucking butcher <laughs> knives or whatever. Ugh. Don't overcook your Blue Apron. It would be a waste waste of money. It would be. Yeah, uh, just like the Assassin's Creed movie. There you go. Trust the source material. Trust what's in the box. There exactly. You go. Just deliver follow, what's follow in the, the box. the instructions that they give you. It will all be fine. Right. And know when... If you have a microwave oven or a fucking convection oven, when you read those convection oven, which by the way, nobody owns one of those convection air ovens. Do you own one? I my both my oven and my uh, toaster oven have convection functions on them. Do they really? I have never used it. We yeah. might have convection on That's ours. A, to me con- convection it is looks like, like a fan. You just The convection instructions to me are like the abstergo yeah. parts of Assassin's Creed. Everybody knows to ignore those. Everybody knows. Just leave it out. It's just like, "Hey, it'll cook it faster." Read the traditional oven or read the microwave instructions and you'll be fine. I mean, it may be incredibly dry, but it'll be fast. <laughs> I don't know. I've never tried it. That's uh, my fear is that if you do it too fast and it's like a, it's cooking with a blow dryer. Well, if there were more patches in our future, then we could have a conve- we could report back. convection cook-off. We have a, a turkey v. turkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new show, actually. We're replacing the patch with turkey v. Turkey, turkey v. turkey? Yeah. Like every, every week. It's just head-to-head turkey. Every week, two Rooster Teeth chefs compete to see who has <laughs> the most delicious turkey. I bet we get at least 20% turkey. on Rotten Tomatoes. There we go. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> what a bummer, man. Just a bummer. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's an appropriate uh, note to end the year on, I suppose. Oh, 2016? Sure. It was a good year for gaming, though. I think 2016 was a great year for gaming. It was a hell of a year. I mean, you know, overall, I feel like there were some real high points, but I don't feel like there were as many high point games as last year, but maybe I'm just feeling jaded this year. You know, I went back right before this. I was looking through the list of what came out this year because it's hard to, it starts to all run together in your head. Um, The scary thing about 2016, I think, in general, is while the games were good, some of the sales weren't great. And there were some surprising failures. Yeah, uh, you know, there were, uh, it was an interesting holiday period overall just because we had games, all, all sequels in, in major well-known AAA franchises falling 40, 50, 80%. Yeah. Uh, and for Which I said the word failure, sales. but still a ton of money being yeah, it's, made. It's like, well, it's like, right. it's like. But off um, the peak for sure. It's like relative deprivation. Yeah. It's like, the, you know, it's a failure for that franchise, but there are tons of games who would kill to still have their numbers. But arguably, I think the biggest story of 2016 was centered around a major failure because No Man's Sky was the story that just people would not let go of all year long. Which is funny because it probably sold more copies than some of those sequel failures. Right. 
So it was it was critically panned, but commercially a fairly successful game. I also would oh, love well, to see the, the refund in the short on it. term. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is it was weird seeing uh, the unusual event of the of refunds with like Steam offering refunds outside their traditional model of like two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we had people with eighty hours getting refunds. Oh, hours and, played. Yeah, gotcha. Um, uh, and we were seeing the the overall owners on Steam drop. So more people were returning it than were buying it. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very unusual thing to see. It's a pl- I don't think it's a place you never want to get into with the online audience when the momentum shifts completely against you and people like get on board with hating you because it's like the meme of the moment. That's, there's a guy who's going through that right now uh, on YouTube. This is, gonna, this is a pre-recorded patch. This is pre-recorded, mm-hmm. yes. it's coming out at the end of the year. So we're recording this probably about four or five days before it. But right at this moment as we're recording it, there's a guy on YouTube who... Uh, has a history of making fake airline prank videos, and he had a t- like trying to get kicked off of airlines and for a, being Arabic. But he had a he had a tweet that went okay. viral. It's probably the most viral tweet I've ever seen. It has some like six hundred and fifty six thousand retweets, Whoa. On it, which is an extraordinary amount. And uh, it's it was a video of him getting kicked off a plane because he said I was just speaking a different language and they kicked me off a plane. And naturally, that's something where people are like completely outraged about it. But then anyone in the YouTube community who just clicks on his link in Twitter and goes to his page, it's that's all of his other videos are social experiments on planes mm-hmm. or things where he's actively faked things and been outed for faking things like putting himself in a suitcase and putting him through the cargo hold. Uh-huh. You know, and then they had footage of him actually boarding the plane with his buddies. The airline released it from Australia. Uh-huh. So that was a video that was just recently de- debunked and then this thing came out. Anyway, the tide has definitely turned on this guy and you can see everyone starting to go after him now and they want him to be held responsible, which I get because he's using what are very serious social issues for what appears to be his own benefit if it's faked. It hasn't been proven that it's faked yet, but all the signs are kind of pointing, you know, yeah. that well, direction. And it's it's an unfortunate thing overall because you don't like you don't want to say you got to be a bad guy because you've done bad stuff in the past. But you it's hard to ignore a cry wolf. Yeah, issue. you establish a reputation and people are going to start disbelieving anything you do just because you did several. Well, I mean, that's yeah, so it's something you learned as a kid. You were right. uh, you were looking something up though. I started vamping when you were looking. Oh up no, something I was, yeah, I was looking up just the, the the list of games from this year. So um, I know uh, um, it doesn't feel like it. It's weird. It's so long ago, but like Uncharted Four came out this year. Uncharted Four XCOM Two was this year. Yeah, uh, it was. It actually came out in February. Uh, really? Yeah. I'd we, forgotten that that was this year. Deus Ex: Mankind Divided. No wait. Yeah, Mankind yeah. Divided. Human Revolution was last XCOM year. XCOM Two is this year. Wow. XCOM Two is this year. I thought it came out like right after E Three. It last came year. out twice this year. It came out in February. <laughs> then came out again in September. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, we had uh, Overwatch, uh, Battleborn, poor Battleborn, uh, Titanfall, is that just Civ Six on Battleborn. Yeah, no, really mostly. Think it was, yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was timing. Yeah, because like if it came, it came out. It was a few weeks before, and you'd think that would be enough space. But it wasn't. They were. I felt like they were firing at each other because one of them was coming out, and the other made their beta come out the day before the other, or the week that the the other one's game actually came out. Mm-hmm. I think Overwatch yeah. put their beta out at that time. So I mean, it could have been. I mean, Overwatch is a huge, huge phenomenon. It's probably the biggest successful gaming story of the year. Am I fair in saying that? I'd I'd say yeah, probably so. I mean, it, it's it's turned into a major esport. It's a in new. The same year it's it a new out. IP that mm-hmm. immediately blew up. Which I mean, it's Blizzard, so it's you could almost argue that like. It's, it's the like you know, it's it's a Blizzard game, whatever. They'll 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 all mm-hmm. blow up, but it is a new IP. 
which is increasingly rare, I but feel like. But also, something blowing up does not mean it will have the longevity to become, a, you know, a that franchise. That is absolutely yeah. You know, some things can get really huge and, and die out fast. I mean, I, I game I loved a lot, Rocket League. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that thing exploded, and then I kind of, I lost interest, and in I feel like everyone in general lost interest in it. I saw a documentary recently where the developers said, we don't know if there's anyone left to sell this game to. Like, we might have sold that, it to everybody. Was that Denny's No Clip documentary? I think it was one of his No Clip. I think I saw the No Clip trailer on Rocket League, and the developer was saying that in it. I, yeah, yeah, I think I, I already own it on, I think, three platforms. Yeah. Uh, and it was huge for a long time. They're still supporting it with content. People are still playing it. It's yeah. not hard to find a game. Have you guys played Rumble Mode at Achievement Hunter yet with that? Wait, no, that's the, the one where you have power-ups. Yes, we have. Okay, We great. did a, a Let's Play. I now. just played that with the boys this weekend, uh-huh. and it was like, I, I got totally back into Rocket League in Yeah, seconds. it changes the game around so much, but yeah. it's not overbearing. Um, it's a great frame. I like the way they approach it, too. Like CD Projekt Red, I like people who approach... Mm-hmm. Uh, the business side of games very openly, mm-hmm. where it's like they give you free maps, they give you free game modes, but then you pay for the cars if you want the cars, which right. don't add anything into the game skills-wise, but it's just little cosmetic upticks, which I'm more than happy to support a great developer like them. Yeah. Uh, this year, also notable, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Came out this year. <laughs> uh, we lost Ashley for a couple weeks to that one. We did, yeah. Uh, Super Hot was another one, big one of the smaller game titles. So you're oh, a boy. VR guy yourself as yeah. well. How do you feel about Super Hot now being exclusive to Oculus for VR? It's it's hard to say anything's exclusive to Oculus now that they've really backed off on the the revive restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty simple in most for most games to just install revive and go ahead and boot it up on your uh, your Vive. So uh, selling it in that marketplace, I think in some ways maybe the Oculus has done the smart thing by letting that marketplace be open. Mm-hmm. Because that's probably moved a lot more units of anything that's an exclusive title. I'm fine, I think, with them allowing other hardware and having exclusive to their ecosystem titles. Because every developer does that. Uh, that being said, I think the super hot developers came out and said that it's there's no money in it. Like yeah. they, they did not make anything off doing that. Didn't you say the PlayStation VR has more units sold than... Any other VR then, platform? Uh, yeah, as far as we can tell, because uh, mm-hmm. neither Oculus or Vive have really like put out their official numbers, right. so it's based on third-party analytics. But uh, as far as anyone can tell, PlayStation VR sold as many units as Vive and Oculus combined. Wow. Did it More. beat Gear VR, though? I don't think anything's beat Gear VR. But basically, Gear VR was just being given away. I mean, you buy a new Samsung phone, it's like, hey, here you go, have yeah. one of these. Yeah, I feel like mobile Most VR box, is very sure. much its own ecosystem. Like, Gear <clears throat> VR would be competing against cardboard, and their new one, it's not cardboard, I just call it felt, but it's mm-hmm. Dream? Google Google Dream, something oh, right. like that. Yeah. Daydream? Daydream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and like those other mobile headsets, I don't feel like they're the same type of VR. I agree. Well, they're not positionally tracked, so they're they're purely gimbal, which is a, a big you're, difference. You're a gimbal. That's what I heard. All right. Wow. Whoa. How hey. Hey. You? Hey. Gloves have... are off in the last episode of the patch. Jeez. This is how. This is when how we really feel comes out. No, you're out. the Assassin's Creed. <laughs> oh, ow. Time to take a leap of faith. <laughs> that was just, just an expression. <laughs> um, we yeah. also had Doom this year. The Witness. Doom was oh, such God, a great Witness. release, man. Mm-hmm. I love Doom. You and he, um, I was talking to someone yesterday. It was uh, another was great no clip documentary. By Eddie, the way. Eddie, or, or Brian, who who both do writing for the No, and I'm gonna have you talk to them because they were. I think it was Brian was saying he didn't. He started Doom 
and he didn't get into it. He said it felt too like slidey or something. As I said, you need to talk to Bernie. He felt the exact same way. Yep. Played it, went off it, didn't enjoy it, went back for we don't I don't know, you know, cause shrug and ended up loving it. Yep. It's very true. I actually abandoned the game about five minutes in. I was like, this controls feel weird and stupid. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and thought, I'll give it another shot, and I got totally sucked in. It it definitely played a lot more. It, it was weird getting used to things like not having to reload. Not having to reload's cool. It's, well, it's very Doom. It felt like a they made a modern version of Doom 2. Yeah. Uh, it played very much like that, except Melee. there's more jumping. Yeah, having those you know those glory kills and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Did you ever get a chance to play the arcade mode that they they put up later as DLC? I don't know if I have. It's basically you play a level, and it's like how well can you play a level, and and mm. how fast can you go through it, and like you build up multipliers by getting streaks and killing mm-hmm. things with a kill timer and everything. So it's the arcade mode's a lot of fun. It's mm. a, it's a great take on Doom that even after all these decades of Doom, I have not seen that before. Yeah, that's uh the even the multiplayer to that was fun though. I don't think it got a lot of traction. Oh, dude, probably the most underrated. Uh, edit functionality in any game is the Doom Snap system that they mm-hmm. have for building levels and the the way they have to distribute those within the game. It's really incredible. You can build some amazing stuff in that. Yeah. Do you think they are... Second up- only to Forge, probably. Well, I was going to say, I mean, so the thing that really unfortunately sets Doom apart a little bit is it's kind of limited in its game modes. So Forge, you can build a lot of other game types Yes. because of the mechanics you can tweak. Same for GTA. You can really make a lot of things in those... Builders for Doom, I feel like you're still kind of be stuck with a deathmatch. Yeah, at the end of it. You know, I built a game type uh, where you had like multiple keys and could open. You need to collect all the keys to open the doors to uh-huh. get through. Um, and so, but it's essentially it does boil down to deathmatch and power ups and weapons and that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but yeah. still, it's it still was, Doom at its core. It is. I mean, they they delivered on a singular product and it was really good. So mm-hmm. it was nicely polished. It worked. That's been kind of a big trend. Yeah. This year, uh, especially for PC deliverables. It's like, well, maybe out of the box, let's give it a week or two, see if uh, anything gets better. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very curious if uh, the the falling week one sales are just a sign of a larger trend that's, you know, there, there's been a very vocal don't pre-order movement going on for a while now, but I wonder if the silent majority has kind of all turned the corner at once on that, like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't need to do this. So, so because pre-order sales are all counted with that day one, week one sales, like where yeah. you typically the vast majority of game sales are, I wonder, and I, you know, t- to some degree, I kind of do credit No Man's Sky with this because so many people got excited and then went, oh, well, you know, if I'd waited like two days, I would have known not to buy this. And so I wonder how many people just quiet, very quietly, they're not the people on, on message boards or on Reddit or on Twitter getting angry. They just very quietly go, not going to do that again. And then just stop pre-ordering. It really feels like digital delivery killed pre-order. I mean, You don't in need a lot to, do you? You don't. That it's, was, not like, you don't. it's not like you're not going to get a unit. That was the, the issue. Is you were like, well, if I don't pre-order it, I'm not going to get one right. for until they restock. And you don't know when that is. Especially Still applies with, to hardware. Especially with digital, though, uh, because now pre-order bonuses are also all digital. You know, you, It's not like them. you're going to get like some crazy, cool you know, giant map or shirt or tchotchkes or whatever. I mean, They're all digital, exist. too. They, they you do. You can still get the physical copies, and a lot of them still have statues. And well, but that's usually that like the super limited. Thing, it? That's usually mm-hmm. super the limited editions, though. That's not, like a, that's not like a pre-order bonus, necessarily. That's uh-huh. like a whole edition of a game. Yeah. And it feels like that's more where that direction of physical stuff is going, is like really high-end stuff. And 
pre-orders are all digital now. Everything is like you can unlock a different outfit in your game. And typically you can get the pre-order bonus up to the day of or sometimes the day after the game has released. Yeah, or it'll like after a month just unlock for everybody. Yeah, or just somewhere down the line if you feel like it. You uh, Hey, here's two bucks. Yeah. And they're kind of under pressure not to make it anything that is game unbalancing. Right. So it's not going to be anything that's like, oh, if only I'd pre-ordered, I would be right. so much better. What do you associate that with what you're talking about? Is there like a particular digital item that you remember that did that? That was unbalancing? No, or that they put, just went ahead and put out anyway after a little while. Like oh. They made it available to everybody. Yeah, I've definitely seen it happen. Uh, I'm To me, the baseball bat in Left 4 Dead 2, that's the one I always remember. That okay. If you, if you oh, ordered... Gosh, yeah. If you pre-ordered Left 4 Dead 2 from uh, GameStop, you got a baseball bat. And then, like, after three weeks, they were like, eh, everybody can have the baseball bat. They just put it in, they just put it in the next update, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was was the Xbox One S this year? Yes. The, the yep. release this year? That was July. And the PlayStation Pro. Because it's an iteration on the platform, I think it'll be, you know, glossed over as one of the cool things of 2016. I think, I think it's great. The Xbox One S. I don't have a PlayStation Pro, so I can't really talk about that. But uh, it does seem like... On a public, like I listen to Greg Miller and what he has to say. He doesn't seem that excited about it. Neither does Colin. Uh, about think, the PS4 Pro? Yeah, they don't I mean, seem that excited about it. Unless you want to play Last Guardian, apparently. But Ugh. the Xbox One S fixed almost everything that I hated about the Xbox One. It really did. Really? How so? Well, it got rid of the power brick, which is really great. It made it smaller, increased the storage. I just feel physical like physical power button. Physical power button. Yeah, I feel mm -hmm. like it's an overall just the everything they did was an improvement. Everything was additive, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, it's great. Like I used to, I do a lot of digital games, as I've said previously on the patch. Back going back all the way to the pilot for the patch. So th this is the part of the patch where uh, called Bernie was right. Oh, <laughs> that's the one thing I was right about, though. <laughs> everything else I was wrong about. What, uh, what, what were you wrong about? Oh, I don't know. They just uh, the digital. The, when I talked about digital delivery of games on the very first patch or the very like the first three or four I got just hammered as not understanding mm -hmm. how much people wanted to keep physical media and there are I recognize people who still keep physical media Eddie in the know he's one of those people that just he wants to buy every single game he, physical we, we've got him on a little bit of digital now his determination is largely how long am I going to keep playing this game if I'm just going to play once through it and then I'm done, I'll probably get it physically because then I can sell it and put it towards something else. If it's a game that he has any intention of replaying or multiplayer or like it's going to be around for a while, he's now going digital. And that is the argument a lot of people make with me about that is like that, uh, you know, the economics of being able to trade games back and make sense to them. I just replay games so much or I visit games, you know, six months later mm -hmm. where it's like they come out and then I'm playing them on a six month delay sometimes like games yeah. that I have to get around to playing. Um, but because I play so many digital games, I, I, on my Xbox ones, I had like hard drives that were like connected. Cause like I said, I want to be able to access these things quickly. And so the Xbox one S just like condenses all of that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's past Christmas, right? When we air this. Yes. So one of the things we're getting for the boys are they get to customize their own controllers. That's one of the, oh, from, from yeah. the Xbox lab. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to see what the hell they come up with. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Controllers <laughs> Teddy, Teddy's is going to be the worst. It'll be. JD's will be like very like tasteful and understated and mm -hmm. Teddy's will just be like a vomit of color. Just everything, every option selected. And and we'll still manage to lose it. <laughs> I was actually surprised that Xbox didn't do that, where they went out and got people to design controllers, like influencers and in gaming and stuff like that, to like have PewDiePie design a controller. Maybe they did it and I just didn't notice it, but it'd be cool if they like had a gallery of other people's designs. Mm -hmm. Oh, just like on there that you could see? Yeah. I always thought it was very odd that they even got into that business at all. I mean, there are so many good competitors in that field. 
that have kind of gained some traction. So I yeah, am, although, but I, if given the choice, I absolutely prefer a first party controller. Yeah, that's true. But uh, that being said, a lot of the competitors also deliver more options uh, than just the straight up Microsoft score. What else was this year? Uh, Firewatch was this year. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? I still haven't beaten it. Oh, okay. I d we all talked about how disappointing it was, and uh, so I just never so you just got around like, to it. From I consider Firewatch to be this year's Gone Home. Oh, it absolutely okay. is. Yeah. Where it's, it's very similar. It plays with your expectations, subverts them, and you're like, you're like, something really crazy is going to happen, and then nothing happens. <laughs> and the, the people who really like that game or those titles, mm -hmm. they were searching for that experience and weren't able to find it before, and they're so they're so relieved that they have find. Oh, this is an amazing game. To me, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I wasn't looking for that experience, mm -hmm. so it didn't resonate with me the way it did with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same. Uh, Hitman came out this year. Hitman. I have, you know, I've never. I played like on the PC some of the Hitman franchise. I just get associated it as being Gavin's franchise, so I just go to ask, talk to him about it. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. this was a pretty good example of the series. Uh, it's got a lot of replayability on each individual map. It's nice big open maps. Uh, the the it was that odd staged release. You know the. <clears throat> incremental release uh which was it worked out okay it kept you coming back to the game you're like all right this game's around i should play the next mission oh so they they put out a mission at a time they were just doing a mission at a time they didn't uh, they released the game you bought it full price but you didn't get the whole game how'd they get away with that one That's well I'd, I'd actually be very curious to know and i don't think we ever will definitively what kind of impact that had on their sales because it was a very confusing release model mm -hmm. and it changed yeah. Like the way really? they communicated it was, you know, it, it shifted. It was like, it's episodic, but it's not episodic. Like you, you buy the game and then we're like, we release the episodes, but it's not episodic because like you get the whole game and then it's just like, but we're only releasing the story a little bit at a time. Right. And it was, so it was kind of a weird proposition. And, and I wonder how many people too. besides myself it put off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, obviously most of these games I'm mentioning are the ones that from earlier in the year, just because, I mean, there's Years of War and... Uh, Call of Duty and uh, you know a lot of the more recent titles. The Division, it's hard to forget that one. Uh, Owlboy came out this year. Inside, those are both really good. Little... Inside was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of independent games that did really really well too. I think uh, there was one I played that I really enjoyed that I don't think many people uh, ended up ever playing. It's a game called Tharsis, um, where you're on a spaceship that's headed towards Mars, and it's kind of like a it's kind of like a cross between like. Um, FTL you know, gravity, yeah, a little bit of FTL, a little bit of like, F but the movie Gravity and uh, what's the movie they go into space and like everything goes really super dark and Gravity. No, no, no. What's the <laughs> Event Horizon? Event Horizon. That's hey, it. Okay. There's no, there's no spiritual stuff in there, but there's some like dark elements of like cannibalism and stuff in there. What an interesting thing to draw together with. But no, the interesting thing about Tharsis is that it's a dice based game. Like you physically or digitally, I should say, uh -huh. roll dice in the game and then assign the dice. So it like it doesn't abstract that part. Uh -huh. It actually makes the dice part part of the game. So instead of the phantom RNG, you have it right there on in your face. Yeah, I mean when you swing the That's sword and, nice, and actually, yeah, and the computer's doing it all in the background with yeah. a random number generator. You actually do get to see the dice and then you can assign the dice and you know the strategy to that. It's fun. It was uh, it was Tharsis was a really great game. Another great uh, lots of replayability. You you played through that a lot. Yeah, but I was got I get a little upset with some games. I got super excited. A little bit. I wanted to complete the mission to Mars with all the individual characters. And they all have different powers and all that, uh -huh. uh, which apply like bonuses within the game itself. And then uh, another independent title that I thought did really well uh, this year. I'm trying to think. I was just thinking about this. Seven Days to Die? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Seven Days to Die did really well did this year. Did not have a great Xbox release. That's what I hear. Yeah, I mean, it, it ports 
pretty uh, directly over. I mean, in most of the features that are, or they may even be on parity pretty much with PC. Um, but yeah, it just it's not well optimized. Well, Ryan, I it. played it on PC. My how things have changed. That's, <laughs> that's the place to play it. Absolutely. Here you are talking about the Xbox version of. The well, game. it's because I'm I'm you know the the rest of my office is like a, an anchor around my neck, but it's okay. <laughs> we've we've got them on the PC version. We did a week of Seven Days to Die, and it was all PC. Yeah. So we're good. What day are you up to now? Eighty nine. 89. I got yeah. mini bike, baby. Is there yeah. anything left for you Did to you do lose in it? the game? There's really not much left for me to do. I think I've got my fortress to the point where it's, there's, they're not getting in. So it is point. the true. It is a true fortress. I got, of at this point, I'm just trying to get every weapon. I have a rocket launcher. I got like 12 rockets. Mm-hmm. I've never used it, and uh, I've got an SMG that I just I can't find fucking SMG parts anywhere, and yeah. I'm convinced they're gone. So, how into mining did you get in that game? I got okay. I got an auger at one point, uh-huh. uh, so that helped a little bit. But I just found that I was when I was going to get other stuff, I would end up getting stone as yeah. a result. You know, it's uh, most of the and well, eventually you'll start clearing off all the surface rocks. But I mean, most of your major metals you can just find above ground, right? In little deposits. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually have a like pretty extensive mine. I'm all the way down to the bedrock layer, and uh-huh. I have like a room down there. Uh, so that if anything goes wrong up top, I mean, right. I use the church. I don't know how familiar you are with the map. Uh-huh. There's a church in the dead center of the current map. This is uh, build 15. Um, and I've, I use that. That's my fortress. Uh-huh. It's, I realized I started too big. So I was having to like maintain this large, yeah. massive thing. Uh, but if anything goes wrong, I go down to the bottom of the church and into my mine. And then you I got have a safe, safe room. room with a vault door and all that <laughs> stuff. So I'm good. Yeah, use my arrow slits and go. I learned something from your audience. What's that? I had my arrow slits backwards. I the initially when I I first tried one of those out I put one up I was like this is stupid this is the Wait. worst way to look at it and then I figured out you could flip it around yeah but yeah uh, so th- w- how are the arrow slits formatted in the game like like this yes. so that you've got the there's and, like a concave area and yeah. I had mine and you like gave this. the zombies the little you gave the zombies the, the space the better view yeah <laughs> yeah it was uh it seemed at first so then I have the widest angle which to fire oh I see but then when I flipped it around. Because one of your comments, I was reading about seven days. So I was like, "Oh, let me try that." And I was like, "That's way better." It is way better. <laughs> There's nothing great with better than when like you misunderstand something, uh-huh. and you're like, "Oh, why did the developer do this? <laughs> this doesn't work at all." And then you're like, "Oh, it's turn around. It's great. Okay, great. Everything's good again." <laughs> so, seven days to die. I guess it really only came out on Xbox this year. It came out, I think, on PC last year. Yeah, or a year before. This maybe. is the it's year it became a, a game, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I played it before, you started in, like, the wasteland, and you just, I would get killed in five seconds. I'm like, and there's no... They added tutorials now to get kind of, like, help people through that first night, yeah. which is what got me involved with Minecraft as well. I saw a first night tutorial, like, mm-hmm. how to get through your first day and survive, and I just thought, oh, I'll just try this. This looks like fun, and then, ugh, Minecraft. I fell down that fucking hole, yeah. so... Yeah, no, I... I I still love the game. I, I'm glad that it's still being actively supported. Well, I mean, it's still an alpha. I mean, I, I'm curious to see when they're going to go beta with it. Do you think that it should be sold on the Xbox? You think, in as, as in, state? like, is should early access just not be on console? Well, this particular in, game. It, or do you think just this game? I well, I remember saying, this was introduced during the run of the patch, early access coming to consoles. We thought it was a bad idea at the time. I will say that they have recently patched it a little bit on the Xbox to slightly improve the frame rate. Uh... I think it's ambitious that they're trying to to work it on two platforms now, maybe uh-huh. even three. I don't know if it's on PS4 early access as well, but uh, I'd, I'd rather them focus and get a really refined product, I think. But that's commentary on the developer, not necessarily on early access as a concept. But they're a smaller development team, so I would, I would like them to really nail it down on one platform and well, then work on getting it to another. Money one. will help that. 
Money right? does help that. Fun, funding is a good way to get things to become better. That's true. So I guess the, hopefully they, they saw a pretty decent boost in sales from going to that extra platform. But I hope it didn't turn people against them on that platform. Is I'm there sure anything you hope goes away in 2017? The patch. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Done. <laughs> um, yes, there's a mechanic that I noticed more this year that I am really sick of. And uh, the division is a, is a, a big... I like the division. That was another game I liked this year. But well, go ahead. So there's one thing in the division, and that has come up in a lot of games recently, is I'm tired of having to hold down buttons to do shit. Oh, yeah. Just let me hit X to pick something up. I don't want to go X. Okay, now I got it. I also, that implies also, if you have to hold down to hit X, that mm -hmm. X has some other functionality as well. Right. And I, I, developers tend to overuse the same buttons again and again. I don't want X and Y to be every fucking thing. And then A's got one function and B's got one function. You know, yeah. it's just, it just, especially the X button, people overuse it. It's like, oh, I meant to open the door, but instead I climbed up the side of the building. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I understand that there's a limited number of buttons and you have to apply them and you want to use the easily accessible buttons more frequently, but yeah, no. And, and don't make me wait all the time. Don't add a layer of, over the course of me playing that game, I, I just would hate to see the statistic of how much time I wasted waiting for the button to decide that I'd pushed it. Right. Oh, oh, I pushed it. Okay, now I got it. Right. Stop it, developers. How about you? 2017? Gosh, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I just want early access to be less of a thing. You know, just I want games to come out a little bit more polished. I think we're, you know, I think No Man's Sky is a victim of that, you know, where it's not that I call them a victim. Obviously, they were the ar architects of their own demise, but... I just think that, you know, some games get a pass for, well, it's early access and it's a build and then it's other ones. Like Hitman. I mean, Hitman came out and it didn't have all the missions in it and they were shipping the missions separately. So, you know, so No Man's Sky... they were pretty upfront about that. They were like, that's how it's going to come out. Right. And that's the thing with No Man's Sky. They over... The, the impression is that people have is that they overpromised what they were going to... What they delivered on. And, you know, but there are people who say, oh, the update for No Man's Sky made the game a lot better. So... I mean, I, I, in some ways, I'd like to see the, the audience and the, the marketplace get a little bit more patient. But at the same time, I don't want developers to take advantage of that kind of stuff. I also want to see less $130 editions of games. It's just, it's not, yeah. I don't like that. And they're bundling like in well, when you get like, hey, here's every game now comes with a season pass. Yeah. Uh, which if you want to get it day one, it's like, all right, well, this turns a $60 game to a $90 game. But it's, you do you bank on not wanting that DLC or? And I also feel kind of burned as a consumer sometimes because I don't know like how good those bonuses are going to be or how critical they're going to be to me in my gameplay experience. Like, oh, you'll get $500 of in-game cash. It's like, I don't, I don't know how much stuff costs in that game. So it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's like, it's $500 of in-game cash. I mean, like, me, I can blaze through the campaign, you know, that much faster. Are or we right at the end? Like are those are last uh, grains uh, of sand. Uh, last grains last? of sand? That's it. I think. That's, I think that's, that's it. it. That's Hourglass, you served us well. The metaphor. Do you want to smash it? We've no. already we already broke one. Did Gavin break Gavin that one? Gavin broke one. It it made it all the way through to the new office. I think it just finally got thrown away. Huh. Uh, he was gonna make an appearance to throw something one last time at the set, uh, but I guess he didn't. He, he didn't got make busy. It. He Things got happen. busy. It's fine. It's a morning recording. So what it about is. you? 2017. What do you want to go away? Um, I would like day one patches. To not be, I would like it very much if games. She just played Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> can you can you tell I'm a little bit sore about that one? I uh, I just feel like re like planning like releasing a game like and planning for it to not be finished and be like oh but we'll like 
make it playable with the day one patch because uh, there are still people who use physical who don't have like the internet like maybe they've got a like a total limit on their bandwidth or it's slow and it just takes the it completely ruins the experience and yeah. and I just wish that you finish your game especially on the digital like copy. if Right. You know, like, why, yes. why is there a, a day one patch for a digital? That is right. silly. That is really silly. Why is there a day one patch? Or on when a I buy it a week game? later, I've got to apply the patch for the mm -hmm. digital version. It's like this—you should have updated the digital version to include this patch. Yeah. So I would, I would like the industry to like sort of get its shit together on that front and either, I don't know, finish their games before they go gold, and then have the stuff be like minor things, not. Like, we're taking it from unplayable to, like, eh, it's, it's fine now. Or, what? what? Well, I was going to say, what, what, is there a title you're looking forward to in 2017? Uh, Horizon. Oh, yeah. God of War. Oh, yeah. Um, Horizon being the shoot robots with bow and arrow? Yes. Yeah. I, listen, I've, I've just come to terms with the fact I love any game that has a bow and arrow in it. I really yeah, do. I, just, like, I genuinely mm -hmm. like games that have bow, bow and arrow. How'd you feel about Far Cry Primal? Love it. Yeah. Loved it. Great game. It's all kinds of bow and arrows. Yep. There's like three. So many bows and arrows. Got to find that flint and everything. <laughs> Got to do the same thing in Seven Days to Die. There's a bow and arrow and even going back to Gears of War, the torque bow. Yeah, yep. yep. Use that thing constantly. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, that's going to be so mm -hmm. great. I hope it is. It's like I know already probably going to be my game of the year. Yeah. I hope it's multiplayer. Holds up. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Oh, you said it's so salty too. But Last Guardian came out. You enjoyed Last Guardian. I enjoyed Bird Dog Cat. Who's the, the best the, picture the I ever boy, saw? The the boy can go fuck himself. That, but the, that's the character you well control on PS. I know. That's like saying I I liked Inside, but I liked the amorphous blob. <laughs> I didn't like the kid because you're the kid most of the time. Yeah. And you just kind of do little stuff with the amorphous blob. No, like if you know in. The heart you know wants what? what the heart I've wants. got I've got into this before. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to get into it uh, again right now. But fuck that kid. All right, fair play. All right, fair there you play. go. What are you looking forward to? 2017. Uh, looking forward to God. You said all the ones I was that jumped to the top of my. You mind. say Mass Effect? Was that in there? I did not say Mass Effect. No, Add no. that one to the list. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. I still need to beat three. What's that? You I still need beat to beat three. three. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, at this point, you realize you need to replay all three of them because you're going to be super confused what's going on. I'm sure. No, Wikipedia is your friend, buddy. It's the same thing that happened with Firewatch. Like, I, I got into the game late, and then everybody started going, ah, the end of the act game is like, whatever. I'm like, all right. And then other things came up. So I'm, I'm like halfway through three. Now it's backwards compatible, though, so maybe I should finally go finish it. Worth it. I am looking forward to the new Assassin's Creed game, which will come with a peripheral that blows smoke in your face and shines a big, <laughs> bright light in your eyes the entire time you play. It's like J.J. Abrams. Creed, the movie. <laughs> the, the game. game. The, the movie. game. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a new year of better VR titles, too. Oh, That's, dude. I want... Is VR going to make it? Yeah. It's going to mm. drag for I a think, while, but it's going to make it. I think it may have to consolidate down a little bit. I don't know how many crazy different headsets the market can support right now. Especially if they split the market by making titles exclusive or try to do that. Yep. And they have had, you know, movement of doing it. I get development is a thing. They could develop on one platform. But, like, super hot going to Oculus and not being available yet at this moment on Vive, even though they say they're going to. Uh, it's going to fragment the marketplace. And I think the VR headsets are going to be like Connects and Wii's. They're going to be the most uh, prolific piece of hardware that gathers dust in everybody's house. It's a, it's a weird dynamic, too, because on the one hand, uh, competition breeds innovation. So it's nice to have multiple headsets. On the other, 
like, oh, what do I get? And then what games do I have to give up? And then like no one who's paying $800 for a peripheral wants to know that they're not getting everything. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, the the easiest, the most accessible and the uh, most comfortable by far is the uh, Sony's solution, yep. PlayStation VR. But it's also arguably the worst functioning. But uh, Well, it's largely on account of the move controllers, right? Yeah. No, honestly, I, I played the, the Rogue One uh, VR mission. And I had no problems with the head tracking anywhere in that. It worked fine. Like, it does a fairly decent job of keeping up with your head. This is where things go wrong. It's actually a really beautiful headset, too. Honestly, out of the three, it's the best looking. It's very pretty. If, if that it's, sort of it's thing bulky, is important to you. But its bulkiness belies its comfort. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't have been the last patch if we hadn't talked about there VR. We we so we really had to like bring that it's one in. It's been the year of VR. We but this it. is the end of the patch. This right. is the end of the patch. This good run, guys. Good run for the patch. Thank good you, guys. Last time Absolutely. we'll see this set ever. Yeah. It might appear in some random stuff here or there, but the, the patch set, you served us well. Maybe we take it out to a field and just like beat on it Torch like we do it, in, in office space. A big, huge pyre to say farewell. Any yeah, what if we, what if we put it in a Viking ship? It's toxic, right? Who, what's that? I would imagine burning this would create some pretty accurate <laughs> smoke. Yeah, we're probably not allowed to legally. Yeah. Who, uh, who was the most common host of the patch? Gus. Gus was. He had more episodes than anybody else. Yes, he couldn't make it absolutely. But then you yeah, guys, he's he's out of town. He's he's traveling, so we had to slum it. It happened. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Appreciate the vote of confidence. Well, I want to say thank you to everybody who has watched the patch over the years as we've done it. You know, we it's always nice to have a place to, to talk about video games for the people in the company to come talk about things in the industry. And, you know, we know that these are very opinionated topics and people have very, very strong feelings about them. Uh, and it's always been great to have that conversation with the audience. And I think that, uh, who knows what the future brings uh, yeah. for, as far as video game podcasts for Rooster Teeth. Yeah, this has been a really fun podcast to do. It's nice to sit down for an hour every week and just chat about video games and what's going on and what we think about them. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do our best to to retool and put it together in a way that can um, be a successful production, you know, so that it can support itself <laughs> in the future. <laughs> um, but let us know, you know, what you what you love about the patch, what you'll miss about the patch, um, what we should try on the patch, or on whatever comes next that we didn't do on the patch, I guess. And uh, and we'll take all that into account yeah. when we talk about making more things where we talk about stuff. Right. All right. Well, thank you uh, to everyone that's watched, everyone that's supported. You've been a wonderful audience. We'll see you on the next iteration. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Let's burn it down. All right.